Happy anniversary, church. I don't know if you realize it or not, but exactly 17 years ago today, I was loading up a U-Haul at our home in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. I had packed up my library, my office, and all of the essentials, and I was leaving behind Diana and our high school student daughter, Allison. And let me tell you, that's, uh, that's a debt that I have still not paid off. I was headed to Hoptown. My first Sunday as pastor at New Work Fellowship was going to be February the 4th, 2007. And here we are with 17 years behind us, stepping into year 18. And let me tell you, this has been the very blessing of God in my ministry. So, happy anniversary. Now, I can get pretty nostalgic about days like this, and I hope you do too. The truth is, every day is a gift. Now, I'm not with you today because I'm actually attending a conference in Portland, Oregon. Several years ago, I began pursuing a desire to grow deeper in my personal understanding and relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I began to read and I learned to listen more to His voice. I became increasingly able to see Him at work. And to this day, I'm all about following the nudge when He leads. So for a couple of years now, I wanted to attend this conference, but it was always sold out. But this year, well, that's where I am. And I'll be back next week, and I can't wait to discover what I will learn and experience this weekend. So I guess you could say I'm there following another nudge. Now the truth is, I don't like to be out on Out of the Box Sunday because these are some of my favorite days at New Work. But I do love following the nudge and watching the Holy Spirit lead and guide. More about that in the weeks to come. I promise, He's moving, I'm following, and you better be ready too. But here we are on the last Sunday of January. And just to remind you, so far this month we've talked about new year, new beginnings, new year, change directions, new year, same gospel, because not everything needs to change. And today, New Year, same mission. Now, you've heard it over and over again here at New Work Fellowship. This is our vision statement. We exist so that every man, woman, and child would have the opportunity to know Christ, to grow in Christ, and to go as the body of Christ. That is the why we are here. That's the why behind all we do. That vision statement means that this is our goal. We want to see everyone know Jesus everyone. We want to see that everyone who knows Jesus grows into his or her full redemptive potential. Everyone. And we want everyone to be on mission together. And that means all the time and everywhere. Now you might be thinking, what? That's impossible. Okay, yes. It certainly is impossible as far as it depends upon us. But it is not impossible when you're walking with the Holy Spirit. Do you remember what Jesus told his disciples in Matthew? He said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. But make sure that you get this. That vision statement for our church, it actually begins with each and every one of you. So do you know Jesus? I mean, if you put your faith and trust in Him, have you repented of your sin and come to salvation? Do you even know what that means? It all begins with you, right here. Are you growing? I mean, really, let's not just dabble with Jesus in the church. Let's be all in. That's the only way that we can see God take the impossible and make it possible. And are you on mission? Not just on these special Sundays, but everywhere and every day. 
But listen, let's, let's turn to the Word now. And if you would, take out your Bibles and open with me to Matthew 25. I really want you to be able to follow along today because there are a couple of things here that you need to see. And it's best if you see it in your own Bible so you can go back and revisit it again and again. Now, while you're looking for Matthew 25, let me introduce myself to you. If we've not yet met, my name is Kevin, and I'm one of the pastors here at New Work. And like I already told you, this is the crowning blessing of my life in ministry. What a privilege it is to serve here. And listen, we are honored that you're here today. I am confident that some of you are guests with us today. And let me just say, if this is one of your first times at New Work, we are so glad that you are here. You have honored your friends who asked you to come with them today. So thanks for showing up. And I really do believe that you're going to be blessed by just being here. Listen, I tell our folks almost every year on Out of the Box Day, listen, this is not our ordinary service. This is our extraordinary service. And so listen, we're glad that you're here. And there's something we ask everyone to do every week, and that is to complete your digital connect card. So if you're in the room, the easiest way to do that is to scan that QR code on your listening guide, and that's going to take you to our daily program where you can read about everything that is taking place at New Work Fellowship right now. And at the very top of that page, you're going to see the link for the digital connect card. It's just our way of staying connected to you and for you to share prayer requests with us. So let me invite you to do that today. Now let's turn our attention to Matthew chapter 25. Let me share the context of this because this is near the very end of Jesus' ministry. In fact, it is the final discourse that Jesus will share with his followers before the events begin that are known as the last days. He's at the end of his ministry. And let me just tell you, there's something about nearing the end, knowing that you are nearing the end, that creates an urgency. And so that's what you need to hear in these words. There is an urgency in the words that Jesus speaks. Now listen, we're going to focus just on one sentence. Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. Are you seeing it there in your Bible? Jesus is talking about the final judgment. And this is what he says in Matthew 25, 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Listen, there is a lot more in this closing discourse of Jesus, and you and I would be wise to study it and to plunge into its depths. But today our focus is just that simple phrase, did it for the least of these. Did it for the least of these? You see, we need to know they did what? They did what for the least of these? And not only that, we need to know they did what for whom? For whom did they do whatever it was that they did? Now, like I said, you can dive the depths of this chapter. And the truth is, you'll find some really good answers to those key questions. But one of the things that I think is really important when you and I read this verse is to recognize that this is actually what I call an echo verse. This isn't the first time that Jesus used the language of doing something for the least 
of these. In fact, I think when you read this verse here, it was Matthew's intent that it would stop you in your tracks because you would suddenly remember, wait a minute, I've already heard that previously somewhere. Because Matthew uses that phrase in a powerful way to actually bookend the entire ministry of Jesus. In Matthew 25, 40, he comes to the final days of Jesus with the disciples, and he says, when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. But back in Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, so open your Bibles there with me as well. You hear these words that Jesus says to his 12 at the very beginning of his ministry. He's just called the 12, and then he says these words to them. Matthew 10, 42. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Do you see it in Matthew 10, 42? He says, if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of these, and then in Matthew 25, 40, he says, when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. Do, do you feel it? On the first day, Jesus told his followers, and by extension, he tells us, this is your mission. And then as the time comes to a close with his followers, Jesus told the disciples then, and by extension, he's telling the same thing to you and me, this is your mission. I told you, New Year, same mission. And listen, that's why we are serious about the mission that God has given to us. Read those passages and you'll see we are called to care for the hungry and the thirsty, to be a blessing to those who are down and out. Listen, helping others isn't just about all those great good feelings that we get when we help others, even though I'm going to tell you, it really does feel pretty great. This is Jesus' work. This was Jesus' work from the very beginning, and it is a big work. Listen, according to the United States Department of Agriculture, there are 15.3 million children in America that could be classified as hungry. Well, the, the term that they use now is food insecurity. Maybe that doesn't sound quite as bad as hungry, but they're hungry. I mean, how is it even possible that there are that many kids hungry in this great nation? I think it should break our hearts. And, and that's just the kids. That doesn't include the adults. There are over 5 million senior citizens who live with food insecurity in America. And here's the thing, hunger is often so difficult for us to see, but that's actually where out of the box began. Out of the box is what we call these Sundays. And the idea is, listen, we could sit in this room and we could talk about the Jesus work that we've been called to, or we could actually get out of the box and we could get to the work. And by the way, speaking of anniversaries, this weekend marks our 16th anniversary of going out of the box. It all began in 2008. So I would like to take you on a momentary nostalgic tour 
of out of the box. Because listen, I want you to see what God has been doing in our midst. Psalms 103 verse 2 says this, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. We need to remember what we have seen our God do. So let me tell you how it all began. It actually began with this photograph. That picture was the Impact Ministry Food Pantry in January 2008. Now let me ask you, how many people you think you could feed with those few canned goods sitting on that shelf? We recognized a food crisis was coming our way, that people were hungry, and the food pantries in our community were close to empty. So what we did is we partnered with those feeding ministries here in Hopkinsville. And we partnered with Food Lion just down the road. And we told the church about the needs that were around us. And we just sent you out to do the Jesus work that we're called to do. And listen, as best we can tell, on that one Sunday, you as a church, and let me remind you, it was a much smaller you at that time, you as a church spontaneously spent between $6,000 and $8,000 based upon the sales figures that Food Lion shared with us. People took a shopping list with them. They walked up and down those aisles. They filled their carts so much so that in the future years, we actually had to remind people, hey, don't go into personal debt in order to give to the hungry. You know, giving is fun and people were exuberant. So we collected Again, as best we could estimate, between 5,000 and 8,000 pounds of food. So much so that it was more than impact ministries could handle. So we quickly scrambled at the end of that day. We divided it into three different allotments, and we gave some to Salvation Army and also to Aaron McNeil. Gosh, it was one of those moments that did something in all of us. In fact, I kept a page of some of the things that I recorded that people said that day after this experience. Now listen, all of these folks have, have gone on, but it is worth listening to. Listen to this. Matt Williams, he was a young dad, his family, and listen to what he said. He said, seeing the congregation go out of the parking lot, cars turning left onto Canton Pike, the fellow members shopping in Food Lion, the van filling up with donated food is a memory I'm going to hold for a long time. Let's do it again. Chad McKinney said, some of you will remember Chad, we look most like Jesus when we are selfless, pouring our hearts and resources into the needy. Sunday, New Work Fellowship looked like Jesus. And Jim Smith said, many of you remember Jim, he said, watching that video and seeing those empty food pantry shelves reminded me that my pantry is full and I just take it for granted. I was glad that we were able to help fill those shelves. And let me tell you, fill them, we did. Again, here's the picture before out of the box. And here's a picture after out of the box. But let me tell you, we were just getting started. Or really what I, I should say, God was just getting started. 
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It's one of those verses that just resonates so deeply with me. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Indeed, all glory to God. Make sure you don't miss that. It is God at work. It is his spirit directing. It is him at work. We just get to join him in his work. The next big need that we saw as a church for out-of-the-box experiences were school supplies. We partnered initially with South Christian Elementary, and then it grew to the point that we were partnering with all of the resource centers here locally. Again, we, we sent our folks out with shopping lists, and they bought school supplies. And what we saw was that when our family resource centers didn't have to spend all of their budgets on pencils and crayons and paper and scissors and supplies and so forth, they began to find ways to do other things for kids that were in need, like buying a winter coat for a child who didn't have a winter coat, purchasing eyeglasses for a kid whose family couldn't afford them, feeding kids that were hungry that would come to school on Monday having not eaten anything all through the weekend. Again, let me tell you, it wasn't us. It was that God was at work in incredible ways. But then we began to realize, listen, we were overwhelming some of our partners. I'll never forget the out of the box when I actually couldn't go to the grocery store when we sent the church out. And I went a few hours later, and I just want you to see what you guys did to that store. I mean, look at these pictures. There were empty shelves everywhere. You cleaned out the place. Listen, generosity is contagious. From the very beginning when other customers were in the store and they found out what we were doing, total strangers, they wanted to help and get in on the fun. And even the stores themselves, they began to buy in bulk and put things on sale. Out of the box has been an incredible journey. And listen, we took a shift a few years ago. Instead of sending you out with grocery lists, we found a way that we could make a bigger impact. For example, for years, New Work Fellowship has had a partner ministry in Haiti. We've worked with them from virtually the very beginning. And several years ago, we began to realize we couldn't even get into Haiti with the political unrest there. But we found a way through a new ministry partner called Barnabas Charities where we could get food even into Haiti. That first year with Barnabas, we packed 100,000 meals for kids. Again, this was one of those God things. I tell you, the Holy Spirit, He works in such amazing ways, weaving our lives together. In fact, the founder of Barnabas Charities is a friend of mine, Todd Clevenger. Todd was a member of my church in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. In fact, I I had the honor of baptizing Todd. And let me tell you, in Colorado, we did baptisms in the hot tub. How cool is that? But listen, near the end of my time in Colorado, in fact, probably about the same time I began talking to New Work Fellowship, Todd came to me, and he he was dealing with a nudge. Long story short, Todd ended up selling his very successful consulting firm. He gave away the proceeds to people in need and causes in need. And he just leaped full-time into personal missions. It's an amazing story. That nudge became really strong in Todd's life. 
around the season of the Katrina hurricane. You remember that storm? Todd called and told me, I'm going to New Orleans. There are people in need. I'm going. And I promise you, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I do know me, and I'm pretty sure I tried to dissuade him from going. Who does that? Just drop everything and go into a storm? But before long, Todd was on his way back to Colorado with people that he recruited to come to Colorado and begin their lives again. It was wild. It was an adventure. In fact, here's a picture of the 43 people Todd and a buddy of mine named Eric, they brought out of Katrina destruction and brought them to Colorado. In fact, they all came to our church. By the way, they outnumbered our little church there. And I remember we had a huge party with the church and the refugees. And in fact, a cool thing that came out of that, I actually got to do the wedding of Damon and Kim at Todd's home. Isn't it amazing how God works? We just follow him step by step, and he does more and more and more. Todd has now been to New Work Fellowship about four or five times. He's connected with not only Barnabas Charities, but an organization called Kids Against Hunger. Last year, he was the one who helped us get in on feeding the war refugees from the Ukrainian war. This year, we will be using Todd's connections again, and more about that in just a minute. So why am I telling you all of this? It's because it's not about us. It is certainly not about New Work Fellowship. It is so important that you and I not only remember the way God works, we need to be able to trace the hand of God in our midst and in our lives because when we do that, that's what builds our faith. Listen, years ago, there was a very popular Bible study called Experiencing God. Many of you did that study, am I right? One of the things that Henry Blackaby talked about in that study was what he called spiritual markers, moments and events and people in your life where God worked. The study calls us to look back in order to see where God is leading. This is how Blackaby put it in that study. He said, a spiritual marker identifies a time of transition, direction, or decision when I clearly know God guided me over time and I can look back to those spiritual markers and I can see God faithfully directed my life according to His divine purpose. Do you see how God has been directing us? Church, do you see how God is at work right here? So let's come back to those scriptures once again. Matthew 10, 42 says, And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. And Matthew 25, 40, And the king will say to you, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Friends, this is our Jesus work. Not that this is any more or any less important than anything else that we've been called to do, but this too is our calling. And it seems to me that we have to constantly be on the lookout for the least among us. 
They might even be hidden from sight. That's one of the difficulties of battling against hunger. It is often unseen. But God sees and God knows and he calls us to see. And this year, for Out of the Box, we have a new and very unique partnership. We are working with an organization called Akina. That word actually is from the Algonquin language, part of the family tribe of indigenous peoples that included the Potawatomi and Ojibwe Native Americans. Akina means we are friends. And this ministry is focused specifically on hunger among Native Americans. Even to this day, one in four Native Americans live in food insecurity, hunger. And this partnership ministry began specifically through Barnabas Charities and an organization called Four Fires Ministry, led by Pastor Mike Peters, a Native American himself, who is striving to deal not only with the food insecurity, but is trying to reach Native Americans for Jesus Christ. Listen, there are six million Native Americans that make up a part of 1,500 tribes, but only 1% of them are believers in Jesus. Akina's goal is to provide 600,000 meals, but it's, it's really not so much about the food as it is for caring for the physical needs of others in order to be able to tell them about Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. Native Americans, by and large, do not have a lot of trust for Christians or churches because, listen, they have hundreds of years of betrayal history. But when a Native American pastor, a Christian, brings both good news and good help. Who knows what doors God might open. So specifically, the meals that you're packing today are gonna to go through this ministry to some of the local regional areas in both Kentucky and Tennessee working with Native Americans. Listen, I'm thrilled that Todd is with us again. I'm excited to hear what God's gonna do through this out of the box experience. And let me just show you one more photo of Todd. It's actually my favorite photo of Todd. This is Todd bungee jumping in Zimbabwe at Victoria Falls. I tell you, Todd might just be a little nuts, but let me tell you, God can use the nuts. And the reason I love this photo is because, man, that is a picture that is almost like a metaphor for Todd's life. He, he is all in. And not only that, that's a picture, a great picture, to remind you, one and all, that this is what Jesus Christ did for you. He is all in. Romans 5, 8 says this, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time, and he died for us sinners. He was all in. He gave himself fully and wholly to you and me. Let me ask you, have you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life? That's the most important priority. Listen, Jesus came for the least of us. Jesus came for the worst of us. Jesus came for the best of us. Jesus came for all of us. He made a way for all of us. So I remind you that knowing Jesus, being saved, Listen, that's job number one. And then we are to grow 
to our full redemptive potential. We're never done. And all of that leads to our going. So let me encourage you to be all in today, to take that leap. Now, before Pastor Steve comes to give us our marching orders, let me just pray for you, pray for us, and pray for the work that God has given us. God in heaven, I, I thank you so much for every person who's listening to my voice right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit would stir in them a longing to know Jesus all the more, to be all in, to commit their life to him. And Father, I pray for us as a church that, that we would understand that we are called to be on mission, that we would grow into the image of who you long for us to be, but that we would be active and all in in doing the Jesus work that points others to you. And Father, we pray that specifically this out-of-the-box ministry would have a reach that is far beyond what we can do right here. Help us to remember you are the one who does exceedingly abundantly more than all we could ask or imagine. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.